Hello and welcome to the Dot Ball Cricket Podcast. I'm Ken Borland and it's my great pleasure to have with me uh, former Proteus spinner Paul Harris and uh, former Proteus all-rounder John Kent. And uh, today it's uh, really nice to be able to focus a bit on the domestic game in South Africa, uh, which kicked off with the CSA Provincial T20 Cup. Uh, and we, we're going to look at the quarterfinals that are coming up uh, in that competition next week. And we'll also have a bit of a look at the ICC T20 World Cup. Uh, the qualifying tournament starts uh, at the weekend. And there is, of course, uh, interest there for the Proteas because two of those qualifiers uh, go through to the main tournament, if you like, and South Africa will play against those teams. Uh, John Kent, you've been busy. I think you commentated on every single game so far uh, for Supersport in that CSA <laughs> provincial. Yeah, I've been in uh, Blum and Kimberley. Yeah. Great. Real, real hot spots. Um, maybe just weather-wise, but yeah. <laughs> and uh, Paul Harris, how are you? What have you been up to? Very good in yourself. Uh, just, uh, just work and studies. It's pretty much my, my life at the moment. But uh, but it's good good for me, I suppose, to be busy. <laughs> I, I would say it keeps you out of mischief, Paul. But uh, we uh, sure. we don't want to let on. Uh, no, there's no know. mischief these days. There's uh, zero Clean zero. Mm, oh. I find that little hard to believe, but uh, we'll we'll take your word for it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> John Kent, uh, you have been very busy, obviously watching, if not all of the games in the CSA Provincial T Twenty Cup, certainly most of them. Uh, what, what have been your overall impressions of what we've seen so far? Um, I think so far, obviously, Pool A was uh, in Kimberley. Um, the Lions got off to a pretty slow start. Um, you know, super over Northern Cape had a chance. And obviously, we know the, the Southwestern District team actually qualified in that pool um, with Western Province. So the Lions obviously missing out. So they one of the, or the only top eight team to miss out on quarterfinals in this tournament. But I think as a general one, the wicket's been decent in Kimberley, um, you know, better than expected. Um, and there's been a lot of boundaries. I think there's been a huge number of drop catches and we've seen some very ordinary fielding, uh, particularly by some of these bottom seven teams. Um, you can say it's early in the season, you can say what you want, but, you know, a lot of it hasn't been good enough, to be fair. Um, we saw um, in, in Pool B, there's just a couple other things I thought I'd bring up. The, uh, the Rhinos and Pumalanga Rhinos almost beat the Titans in a seven-over game, which was it was pretty tight. I think the, the, the Rhinos had an opportunity um, to, to get victory there, but they, they panicked and, and the Titans just held their nerve and, and got over the line. But uh, the Knights who were playing in that same pool had Riley Rousseau back in that side, which uh, made a huge difference. He, he just... He basically just took over the game and he took it by the scruff of the neck and, and found it think, things pretty easy going. Um, yeah, there was obviously, there was, I'm trying to look at the next round here, the, obviously the Rocks from Bullant and Paul. Uh, the Warriors look like they've got a really good batting lineup with Bredsky, um opening and then they got Libba and Smuts, those type of guys. So they're playing quite a good like, brand at the moment. I'm a little bit worried about their bowling. Um, and then uh, talking about we've been talking about spin quite a lot in the last few uh, podcasts. I think the the Paul Rocks have got a really nice uh, blend of spinners, 
Um, they got the likes of uh, Manek and they've got Von Berg. Um, they've got some really good ones there. So I think they, they're quite a good team to watch. Their batting unit hasn't quite fired yet. Um, and then just heading on to the, 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 the Pool C this last weekend in Blum, the Dolphins looked, yeah, they looked pretty comfortable in most of those games. Uh, the Easterns lost by one run against Northwest, which was the big sort of knockout game in that pool. Um, and the Dragons just, just got over the line there. So they've got a couple of new faces in their side, like the Wesley Marshalls and Mutasamis and a few guys they've added to their, you know, their ranks coming up from the, the bottom league to the top division now. Um, and obviously the S under 19, they were part of this, this last weekend's progress. Um, a couple of, you know, cameo appearances, but you know, a couple disappointing areas as well from them. But you know, I think the only real surprise in this whole, uh, you know, going through to the quarters, obviously the Lions missing out, who, are, who we know are a, a very decent team. I think I've been fairly impressed with how competitive a lot of the Division 2 sides were. Uh, and certainly uh, the, the Lions, a, b- a big surprise getting knocked out uh, basically by Southwestern Districts. And the Lions, uh, well, let's just say the Wanderers-based team, uh, won the last franchise T20. Uh, I guess it speaks to that there are a lot of different players now uh, Paul Harris uh, in this in this in in the different provincial teams, things have really shifted around a lot. Sure, I mean the the, the limited that I've watched uh, and I have watched some, but not a lot, is uh, is I'm getting old because I don't know any of the players. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm not 100 percent sure about the about it. I, I don't know if it's going to increase the standard of cricket in South Africa, but the powers that be have decided that's the way to go, and I suppose. Uh, We've got to get on with it. But uh, it certainly will give a lot of young guys um, opportunity, which is always good. It's good to see that uh, young guys getting opportunity and uh, and playing televised games and you know being a bit more under uh, a bit under pressure. And I suppose, you know, tournaments like this might find that one or two gems that we didn't know existed. So great to see. Not surprising that a guy like Riley Rousseau would, uh, would dominate. Uh, he's a fantastic cricketer. And, um, you know, I think that level of cricket would suit him down to the ground. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to see guys getting opportunity and uh, hopefully we'll get some future stars out of it. The Titans also just scraping through. Uh, John mentioned that seven-over game against the Mpumalanga Rhinos. Uh, so they got through by the skin of their teeth. And, and Northwest, uh, the Dragons, another Division One team that uh, kind of just made it uh, into the quarterfinals. Uh, Paul, John John mentioned the fielding. Now, uh, to my mind, fielding is one of the things that you can definitely control uh, as a team. It's surely just a, a matter of hard work. Um, these these bottom, these Division Two sides are meant to no longer be semi-professional. They're meant to be professional now. Um, surely, to get your fielding right, it, it's just a matter of putting in the time and effort, isn't it? I feel this is a bit of a loaded question you're asking me this, but <laughs> no, uh, no, no, Paul. Sure. <laughs> um, no, look, it's a, it's it's pretty much a non-negotiable. Especially you would have quite a few young, a few young guys in the sides now, um, you know. So I mean, don't think the average age of teams would be all that high. So you know, age is certainly not an excuse, and it's the one of the things you can control. Um, you know, maybe nerves could play a bit of a role in it with some young guys getting their sort of first games on TV and and so on and so forth. But you would think that I um, mean guys would uh, have fielding down to a fine art these days um, you know the sort of athleticism and, and the level of fielding has gone up so much in the last sort of you know decade maybe decade and a half but it's, it's a non-negotiable for all teams you know you'd often find 
in times gone by, the sort of Pakistans, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, these days, even, you know, they're a very good uh, fielding unit. So there isn't any excuses for that. Um, I did hear there were a lot of drop catches that went down. Uh, you know, you've got to get the basics right, and that is is the basics. So sad to hear that, but I'm sure the fielding coaches around the country will be licking their lips to get uh, some of the skills uh, sharpened up uh, for future games in the field. So the quarterfinals of the CSA Provincial T20 Cup start next Tuesday, the 19th of October, and uh, just running through those, uh, the first game, Southwestern Districts, the surprise packets uh, are up against the Northern Titans, who, who, as I say, weren't hugely impressive uh, in qualifying. Uh, Southwestern Districts have got uh, uh, one of the sort of new pacemen who's burst on the scene a bit. Uh, I think he's been around in the semi-pro for a while, but certainly in terms of TV games, Herschel America uh, bursting on the scene as one of the leading wicket-takers. And their batting does seem to resolve around, uh, revolve around the experienced Yassin Valley uh, and their captain, Jean Duplessis. Uh, Northerns, uh, uh, one guy, Paul, like you mentioned, is guys um, really announcing themselves on the big stage, Donovan Ferreira, uh, actually saved their bacon a couple of times uh, with uh, Sibonella Macanya. And really, the, the Northerns attack very reliant on Erin Pangiso and Okukle Chele. Uh, John, have we heard anything more about Dean Elgar's injury? And that Northerns batting lineup, surely it needs Tiernus to brain in there somewhere. Yeah, I think Tiernus had a finger injury as well, but I think he should be on his way back from the sounds of things. And then they also got, that, oh, sorry, they will include uh, Harmer and Junior Dala, who was obviously battling with like. COVID-related, um, you know, not not being so well, trying to recover from it. But I think, so that's three guys added to their squad um, that are very accomplished players, yeah. So they, they'll be nicely uh, lifted by the addition of those guys, yeah. And uh, Dean Elgar's injury, do you know if he's going to be available? Or I certainly haven't heard anything. No, no, nothing yet. I, I think it was just a little... Twinge, I think, during a warm-up. So, uh, you know, no, they won't take any chances with him. I think they'll want to get him ready with these four-day games that follow this competition, I'd say, going into December's test matches. Given those uh, additions uh, to the northern side, do, do you think Southwestern Districts have a chance? Well, there's always a chance in T20, but is it 50-50? Yeah, I think, I think it's just in those games where we've seen before um, in some of these fixtures, there's been a, a glimmer of a chance for some of these sides to 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 drive the you know the advantage home and get a win, but they haven't been able to sort of hold their nerve and not panic basically. Um, so it'll be yeah, obviously they can't afford any any mistakes in this game. That's for sure. Uh, Southwestern districts, but they're pretty. Uh, proud of the fact that they're in, you know, the quarterfinals of this competition, and no other bottom seven side has has been able to do this. So they're pretty proud of what they've done so far. Yeah, it's certainly a, an achievement for the men from Otsuan. Uh The next quarterfinal uh, in Kimberley, also on Tuesday, the afternoon game is the Free State Knights against Western Province, and I must say I was very impressed uh, with the Knights. Uh, Paul Harris. Uh, it, any team that's got a batting lineup with Riley Rousseau, Fahan Berdeen, uh, Jacques Snowman, I know he, he didn't fire in the first round, but you know what he can do. Pite Van Bignon, Wandili Makwetu, uh, and that that pace bowling attack, Miguel Pretorius, Mbulela Badaza, Gerald Kutsia. 
they look a they look a strong outfit, and for me, I, I think they're going to be in the final. Sure, and obviously very well led with Pike from Bullion and uh, and uh, you know very well coached. So you know you got Alan Donald in the mix. Um, so they seem to have got their picks right and they've got their balance right. Um, you know, they've got some pretty good senior players. Uh, you know, the likes of Riley Rousseau being back on that side. Uh, Bad Dean who's probably been the best finisher in the last 10 years in sapping domestic cricket. Um, you know, it's hard to see anyone really uh, beating them. T20 cricket is weird. It is a bit odd. Uh, you know, anything can happen. But, uh, you know, on paper, they look the, they look the, best, uh, the best outfit by quite some distance. Um, and uh, you know it's going to take a, a either a very poor effort from uh, from their side or a sort of uh, what a miracle innings or a great spell from somebody to topple them. Um, but certainly they've got to be the favourites. John, uh, Western Province, I feel a bit sorry for them during uh, the nights in the quarterfinals because I was quite impressed after all the tough times they've had lately uh, with how they played in the first round. Uh, Zubair Hamza obviously having a wonderful uh, tournament so far. Kyle Verena is, is striking at 176, which given uh, there have been some criticisms about um, his ability to score quickly enough in T20 cricket. Uh, you've got Kyle Simmons, who's who's really provided some great all-round touches. And any team with three left-arm, left-arm quicks, Nandre Berger, Wayne Parnell, Buren Hendricks. Uh, John, do you fancy Western Province could upset the Knights? I think that the uh, the battle, I think, would be with the young fast bowlers that uh, the Knights have got against the fairly young batting lineup of uh, Western Province. I think, um, yeah, obviously there's some experience. I think Parnell coming in as like a first change bowler for them has proved pretty important so far. And obviously him coming in around maybe five or six on the batting order also is quite a useful addition. Um, yeah, Hamza was in form. They've got the likes of Dezorzi. Uh, we saw a little bit of that guy Bird, um, who played one good innings towards the end of the uh, the pool, which was quite impressive because I haven't seen that much of him. Um, he seemed quite destructive, had quite a lot of sixes, and and seemed quite a confident, like tall, imposing type of player. Um, but yeah, Simmons, yeah, he adds a bit to the bat and ball. Uh, Buren Hendricks was a little, you know, undercooked. It seemed he's been on the bench a lot overseas of late. Um, Berger, like you said, they've they almost got a full, fully fledged left arm everything attack. So left arm spinners and left arm pace. So yeah, it's interesting. But I think that uh, that top order of Western Province is going to be tested. John, uh, as a batsman, to have um, the different angles that left arm quicks bring, um, specifically in T Twenty cricket, is that tougher for the batsman? I think I think you just got to as a if you know your sort of areas that you, you would look to target, um, I suppose particularly in the power play where they've got maybe a third man and a deep, deep square leg back as an example, um, I think some of those bowlers are able to, to swing the ball quite late, which will be pretty useful if the conditions um, allow. Um, but at the end as well, um, there were the likes of those two left arm uh, opening bowlers coming around the wicket bowling cutters. That seemed to be quite a, a common theme um, as, as as Kimberley wore on. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of cutters being bowled um, sort of in the middle and, and later overs. I think that'll be a tactic. But as a batsman facing left-arm bowlers, it's it's all really, I suppose, tuned in and how much you practice, you know, how much you actually train on that sort of angle. And, you know, some of the teams around the country don't really have any left-arm pace bowlers. So it might be something new for, for some batsmen to, to have to deal with. Yeah, I do think Western Province, uh, the batting 
pretty reliant on Hamza and Verena. But I know David Beddingham is, is back in Cape Town, uh, so maybe he'll come in just to strengthen their batting a bit. The uh, next quarterfinal on Wednesday, the KZN Dolphins against the Eastern Province Warriors. Uh, Paul, you, you said you can't really see a team beating the Knights. Um, I fancy the Dolphins. If I just run through what they've got, I mean, in terms of batting, Grant Rulofsson, Sarah Evia, Marcus Ackerman, Kaya Zondo, Keegan Peterson. Uh, they've got Jason Smith, who's done well as an all-round already. And then the bowling, Darren Dupavillon, uh, magnificent at the death the other day. Otniel Bartman had a very good tournament. And Penelin Sebrayan is obviously a, a quality white ball spinner. Paul, the, the Dolphins, do you feel that they are potential winners of the overall title? Sure. I mean, they've obviously got a good squad as well. But um, I, mean, I just don't think that, I think the quality, especially the batting depth of the Knights, is just, uh, you know, and the experience that they have in that uh, in that setup is uh, is... It's too much for anyone else. Also, you know, where they're playing the games, uh, I think, makes a big difference. If it was at the coast, then I suppose you could, uh, you know, brings in the, the Dolphins a bit more. Uh, you know, the Knights are pretty much used to playing cricket in Kimberley. Most of their guys would be used to playing cricket in Kimberley. And uh, that's where the games are going to be held pretty flat. Uh, you know, very fast outfield, very bumpy outfield. Um, you know, although it is quite a big uh, playing surface, they'd also be used to that. Um, so I think everything points in the direction of them being favourites. But uh, having said that, like I said before, you know, it just takes one of those really good uh, Dolphins players to either you know, smack the ball on the ground for sort of ten overs and get a good score, or one of the bowlers like the Pavlon did the other night and come in and bowl a brilliant spell and uh, and, and the game can be there. So you know, that's the beauty of T20 cricket. But um, I think on paper, the Knights have got my vote. John, the Eastern Province Warriors, you, you said you were impressed by them. Obviously, Matthew Bretzka had a, a superb first round of the tournament with three half centuries and three innings. Uh, Vian Lubber has played for the Proteas. We know what he can do. John John Smuts, uh, Evergreen. And uh, one guy who I think is pretty exciting is, is Tristan Stubbs. You did say, though, you're a little bit concerned about their bowling. Yeah, I think some of their, their seam options were tested and there's not a huge amount of experience in some of the seamers there. Um, obviously, Smuts offers something. Stubbs actually bowled a few, quite a few off-spinners um, in this tournament. Uh, and, and, and he actually bowled at quite a nice pace and looked to have good control. Um, yeah, but Stubbs, is, in terms of their batting lineup, is, is one of their sort of finishers with about five, six overs left. He was utilised and in the last game, he really did well. Um, but I think the what what Robbie P has done with the, the batting approach, I think you really got to put your hand up and say like he's done a great job because what they they are doing is instead of scoring 40, 40 for one in the power play, you know his guys are scoring you know fifty five to sixty runs in the power play, um, and and taking advantage of that first six overs. Unlike a lot of other teams where guys are trying to have a look. Uh, taking the time to get in, and they sort of lose that initiative to pick up boundaries. So, like he's 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 got that unit sorted. I think it's a the right pair up front, um, and then John John Smuts coming in at three can, I suppose, adapt to whatever situation he needs to. Yeah, uh, Robin Peterson talks a lot about uh, guys backing themselves and playing fearless cricket, and the numbers are showing it. If I just look at the strike rates of the top half dozen in the Warriors' batting averages, it's 163, 165, 160, 169, 206, and 176. So they are certainly backing themselves. 
the last quarterfinal is between Borland playing as the Power Rocks uh, and the Northwest Dragons. John, who are you backing there? I think I'm going to go with uh, the G Bets Rocks. I think their their spin attack is has been like really stand apart in terms of spin throughout this tournament, and they're heavy spin reliant. They only had Abrahams and um, I think of his name, another all rounder there, um, who bowled at the death in terms of seamers. So they don't have many seam options at the moment. I know they've got the likes of Hodges Fulion and Carl Abbott meant to be sort of joining in the squad this this uh, this season. But I think their spin has been pretty good. I think the disappointing thing, I suppose, in this last pool would be both Milans didn't really feature too much. Uh, Jonker got a couple of runs uh, with Sean von Berg. Von Berg was coming in at seven. And he, you know, he almost got the most runs for their side this last week. So I think they'll want their top order to fire. Um, but I think in terms of the Northwest guys, there's a couple of big, big names there, like the Marshall at the top. Who, if he gets in, it's, it's, you know, you got some real trouble trying to keep him quiet. Uh, and then there's uh, Eben Boerta, who played the first game against the Dolphins and smashed it everywhere. A little left-hander from uh, Puka. If I remember from Varsity Cup days, but he's uh, he looks useful. And then they got the Muta Sammy in the middle order, and and a couple other players. So I think their their bowling might get tested a touch. They've got uh, Eldred Hawken in there, um, who's obviously spearheads that uh, that bowling attack. But I think all in all, I I just think that that bowling unit of the the rocks is quite well suited. Uh, and I get the feeling that there's enough quality in their batting lineup. Uh, that those guys are going to fire at some stage um, and then they're going to be even better. Paul, have you seen much of Imran Manak? Uh, To me, a a tall off spinner and looks really ideally suited to the white ball stuff. Sure, I've uh, I've seen quite a bit of him um, in the the last few years. He looks a a really uh, promising white ball ball bowler. He's got incredible control, which is what you want and um, and he can bowl with a new ball. So uh, he certainly is uh, one one for the future. I think we, you know, we're pretty blessed at the at the moment with the sort of spinning riches that we have in the country. Uh, you know, it's very un-South African, but really exciting for someone with my uh, my past uh, in South African cricket. It's great to see, um, and he's certainly one of the guys uh, you know for the future. He'll have his work cut out for him. He's going to have to do really well. Because, uh, as I said, you know, there's a lot of competition for places um, uh, in, in in higher sort of higher up teams. Um, but he's got age on his side. I, I would imagine he looks like quite a young young fella. And uh, you know, that certainly, you know, I, I love it when uh, we start getting a spin bowling culture. It seems like we're starting to get that in South Africa, where we're looking to our spin bowlers to break the game open. And uh, he's certainly one of the guys that can do that. I'm looking forward to seeing his progress now in the next few years. I agree with you, Paul. It is uh, fantastic to see uh, a lot more reliance on spin bowling in South African cricket. And as we just uh, switch our attention to the T20 World Cup in the United Arab Emirates, you would never expect the Proteas to be kind of hoping, I think, for turning pitches. Uh, but I think with the bowling attack we have and the improvement shown in the batting, uh, that is the case, I think. Uh, as we go into the T20 World Cup, it's the qualifying tournament first. Uh, the qualifiers are divided into two groups, uh, four teams, Group A, four teams, Group B. And the way it's working is that the team that wins Group A uh, will play in the Proteas group, and the team that finishes second in Pool B uh, will also advance to the Proteas group. 
Uh, in Group A, we have Ireland, Namibia, the Netherlands, and Sri Lanka. Uh, at face value, you, you would probably expect Sri Lanka to be favourites to top that group. But Paul Harris, uh, I know you are quite close to uh, the coaching staff of Namibia who have done amazing work lately. Uh, is it too much to hope for that N- maybe Namibia could upset Sri Lanka, uh, you know, not counting out Ireland and the Netherlands either? No, um, to answer that question, um, you know, it was uh, uh, quite funny speaking to Dean Olga about them that the, the, the Titans team went there for a preseason uh, tournament, and he described them as a naughty team, which is uh, which is quite funny. And he meant that in a in a positive way. He means mm-hmm. that they they could really easily uh, upset one of the one of the bigger sides. They are incredibly well disciplined. Uh, Theo Brain is their head coach, with Albie Morkel, their assistant coach. Uh, I think they've even got Richard Daz Neves there as well. From he's at the Titans now as well. He's there as a as, as a support supporting member, and they've got that team well drilled. I mean, they got boys there really strong Namibian guys that get the ball at the ground. They manage, uh, in my opinion, a huge coup in getting uh, David Visa to play for them, um, which is uh, which is amazing for them. Uh, they could be very dangerous. You know, have to have your A game against them. Um, they'll be disciplined in the field. Um, they'll hit line and length. Uh, they won't have too many world beaters, but they led very well as well. Craig Williams is their captain. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they can progress. Uh, you know, they've, they, they've come in on in leaps and bounds in the last three to four years while uh, Pierre de Brain has been their coach. And, um, you know, I'm obviously rooting heavily for them and hopefully we can see them in the main draw at, uh, at the T20 World Cup. Wouldn't that be wonderful to see our neighbours... Uh, you know, playing uh, maybe even in our pool. Yeah, I would love that. A uh, South Africa against Namibia game. Um, just for those who don't remember David Viso, he, he last played for South Africa five years ago. Um, Paul, just tell us a bit about his strengths uh, in white ball cricket. Well, he's obviously he's a very good all-rounder. He's hugely experienced. Uh, he played a lot of cricket for Sussex as well. He is in, uh, in the UK. Um, I actually think he's got pretty good record there. He, uh, he's got a great stat where he played every single game for them in one season, which anyone who's played or knows anything about the county setup, it's a pretty good effort for an all-rounder to play every single game. So, uh, hits the ball out the ground. He can hit the first ball uh, that he faces out the ground. He's a big, tall guy. He bowls uh, medium paces. He can take the new ball, swings it away from the right-hander and pretty good in the field. So, he's, he's and, and I, think, I think the main thing for him is he's, got, he's hugely experienced. And for that uh, Namibian team, that is, uh, you know, he's got a wealth of knowledge uh, he's played in some uh, pretty good uh, Titans teams over the years, won a lot of trophies that so he's used to winning. I had to throw that, throw that in there. And uh, and just, uh, you know, he's all around good guy as well, good for the team. So, I mean, I think that's a great uh, you know, effort from uh, Peter Brain to get him qualified and get him into that uh, into that setup. You know, only, uh, you know, add a lot of value to a couple of those young players there. Yeah, David Visa also, uh, I mean, you mentioned stats. Uh, he... He actually has the world record now for the most five wicket hauls in T20 cricket. Uh, anyway, so that's a hell of a there you go. Uh, feather in his cap. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a proper player, and knowing Pierre de Bruyne, uh, he's no respecter of reputation. So uh, he's going to have his guys really fired up uh, to cause a surprise in Group A. Uh, Group B, John Kent, we have Bangladesh, Oman, Papua New Guinea and Scotland. Uh, I think Bangladesh are pretty certain to finish top of that group. But uh, who do you see finish second and uh, coming up against the Proteus? 
I think, like, I suppose the first uh, well, team I think of that would come second in that in that group would be Scotland. Uh, there's another South African coach there, Shane Berger, who's part of that setup as well. So this could be very interesting as the tournament progresses, who goes through, and we can follow them all uh, quite keenly. But I think, yeah, but, you know, a team like Bangladesh, we know how dangerous they can be. They've got a, you know, they've got a lot of match winners, and they, you know. With the likes of uh, Sri Lanka also having to play qualifiers, it's you know they're, they're, they're good teams and they're dangerous teams. So you know they they might have been poor in lead up series. We've seen them play us of late and they've, they've taken a bit of a beating most of the time. But you know in, in sort of knockout cricket, they they, they are always a, a bit of a handful. But I would say, like you said off the bat, the um, Bangladesh should 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 be first, and then you know I'm hoping for Scotland to get through. I have to say that uh, I think we're quite fortunate, South Africa, uh, that we're probably not going to play Bangladesh because I, I think they'll be very dangerous in those conditions. And, of course, there's the added confidence of having beaten Sri Lanka uh, 3-0 recently uh, in their own conditions. Paul, just as a, a final word from you, just how, how important is that sort of confidence uh, for a team going into a World Cup when you have beaten one of your opponents 3-0? It's usually uh, confident building, but you know, a World Cup's a World Cup. I don't read too much into the stuff that's gone by. Uh, you know, in past World Cups, Africa have been favourites. So, you know, haven't really, uh, you know, put their foot down, put their peg in the ground, as we know the history of South Africa at World yeah. Cups. So, you know, I think it's anyone's game. I think that this particular World Cup is going to be fairly close. Um, I don't think maybe India uh, stand out, uh, stand out team, but in general. Um, I think it's anyone's World Cup. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to put my South African cap on now since he's saying it's my my last comment. And you know, I think that <laughs> with our with our bowling units, uh, you know, if we can if we can restrict teams to sort of the 130, 140 max, 150 in those conditions, we've got a really good chance. Uh, I think we have one of the stronger bowling units. We've got our bases covered. We've got all types of spinners, and uh, we've got guys that bowl the board 145, 150 with our seamers. So, you know, if our sort of senior batsmen can stand up and put their peg in the ground and really have, we have three guys, you know, three of our top five that have great tournaments. Um, I don't see any reason why we can't get far. If not, you know, with everything going our way, it wouldn't have been. So um, I'm confident, quietly, if that's uh, any way to say it. And um, really uh, backing the boys to, you know, to 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 shut a few people up and to uh, and to put in a good performance. John Kent, just a last word from you on uh, the IPL, of course, was played in the Emirates recently, or it's still going on as we speak, but it will end uh, just before the uh, uh, World Cup starts. Have we learned anything from the IPL that we can take into the World Cup? Uh, I just think it's uh, some of the grounds have played quite differently um, in terms of how easy it is to get spin away, um, some games slightly slightly bigger grounds, some slightly smaller. So I think I think each ground and each area that they're going to be playing in has got its uh, particular you know intricacies. I think, um, but I think I think if, if 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 the guys can get off to a good start, um, you know, there's there's obviously gets you gives you a real opportunity to to put something decent on. I think spin we've known it's going to be a big. Uh, key area of of this World Cup, and uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a really good contest to see who who can obviously rotate the strike in the middle, and and obviously their boundary hitting. I think some teams are obviously you think of a West Indian side loaded with 
boundary hitters, but are they able to maneuver the ball around? And when we played them in the West Indies, we saw they weren't really able to. So I think these sort of factors can always help us out with our really well-balanced attack. But uh, yeah, it's you know, like Paul says, it's uh, anyone's game, I tell you. <laughs> Great, yeah. Let, let's hope that the Proteus can get stuck in and uh, let's hope our bowling attack can make the opposition batsmen get stuck uh, as they have uh, so well earlier, this, uh, well, have done so well previously this year. That's all we have for you. Thanks very much once again to John Kent and Paul Harris uh, for joining us. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you'd like to get hold of us on Twitter, you can at dotballpodcast, all one word. And we look forward to uh, sharing our views on the wonderful game of cricket and uh, looking at how it's going here in South Africa. Thanks very much for your time and goodbye.